0: Master Xavier Reese and the
1: importance of living out your faith. You cannot separate your Christian life from your normal life. Your Christianity, your commitment to God, affects your home, affects your work, affects how you play, affects everything. You cannot separate your Christianity from normal life. Your life will reflect your Christianity, and if not, then you're only religious.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Many leaders will come and go. Some will do great things, and others will fail. But today, Pastor Xavier points to the leaders whose lives really make a difference. Let's join him for more in our Simple Truths study series in the book of Titus. For today's lesson, Paul the Apostle.
1: Paul has identified himself in the opening salutation by a threefold picture. We saw that in our last study. Paul the man, Paul the servant of God, and Paul the apostle of Jesus Christ. This identifies his authority with the person of God. He's not a man sent by man, but by God. And now he goes on to qualify his apostleship. And that's what the rest of verse 1 and verse 2 takes care of. Let me read that for us. We'll pick up after the Apostle Jesus Christ. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began. And so here are the three qualifications that he gives to his apostleship. First of all, according to the faith of God's elect. There, towards the end of verse 1. Secondly, according to the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness. And then thirdly, according to the hope of eternal life. So really, it's laid out for you the three principles there with the very words that are in those verses. This qualifies his spiritual authority to divine scripture. He's not a man who is man-centered. He is a man who is God-centered. This is always the focus. Everybody begins there, and the challenge throughout time as you run in your life and as you attend a church and the church continues to grow and the pastor continues to teach, that everything becomes Christ centered and not move to man centered. It comes real easy and it comes real progressively, and if you don't watch it, pretty soon people come to church and they're not even examining things. Pretty soon they don't even bring Bibles. And this happens where the Word of God is taught. You know why? Because two things need to happen in the church you need good teachers. You need good students. Okay? A lot of Christians today are not good students. You can have the best teacher, but if you're not a good student, we've all experienced that through high school, American education. Unless you're willing to learn, you're not going to learn. It takes students. And today in the church, people really aren't students. They attend church. They tolerate church. They endure church. But uh, they don't study. And so it's important for all of us to understand that so that we stay on center with Jesus Christ and not get off on some tangents. Let's begin here with Paul's apostleship as according to the faith of God's elect. One view is to interpret this faith as the faith of the elect on which Paul's apostleship is dependent on. But this would make his faith dependent on man and not God. Look at the word according, kada. It means down with the idea of domination. Apostleship was dominated by and in conformity to the faith of God's elect. In other words, it's not inferior. It's the same. There's always a tendency in all of us to try to exalt ourselves above somebody else. You know? Mine is more expensive than yours Or whatever it is It's always comparison It's always trying to be exalted And here in the scripture Paul is saying That his faith was equal to anybody else's In fact he's going to use the elect We've already seen in 1 Timothy That Paul's apostleship Was according to the commandments of God the Savior And then in 2 Timothy Paul's apostleship Was according to the promise of life Which is in Christ Jesus Now he's speaking about the faith of God's elect The elect again As you know refers to those who have been called of God unto salvation, be they Jew or Gentile. Paul makes it clear in Romans 8:33, Colossians 3:12 and 2 Timothy 2:10, and even 1 Peter 1:2 the elect the elect. Now, when you go through the entire Bible, the elect are not always Christians. Sometimes the word elect like Matthew 24 is for the Jew. So you have to be careful. The context will say that they're Christian in the church or Jewish. Because God's elect are the Jews from the Old Testament. But God's elect are also the saint in the New Testament. And so you have to make a distinguish a difference between the Jew who's not born again, who is still God's elect. And the Gentile who has come into the church along with Jews who have believed in their elect. So the context is very important. The word elect is synonymous with the word predestinated, redeemed, regenerated, saved, repent, born again, God's people. They're all synonymous. It means that you come to faith in Jesus Christ. You've heard the gospel. You embrace it and you believe it and you're living it. That's what it's talking about. Paul's apostleship was after the same quality of faith as his predecessors and patriarchs. Who fall into the category of what? the elect believing God by faith which in fact result from the revelation of God's word Romans 10 17 faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God and Paul said listen my apostleship is based on the very same faith as the average believer like anybody else it's a faithful faith confident he leaned on it completely the old faithful in Yellowstone National Park gets uh, its name from the fact that Unlike other geysers, that follows a dependable time schedule. Once every 65 minutes, it shoots a stream of boiling water over 170 feet into the air. Faithful. It can be counted on. This is what Paul is saying. Each of us should be able to say that our gifts and callings are after the same kind of faith as the elect of the past, the present, and those that will come in the future directly in God, for He is the author and the finisher of our faith, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. It is not superior to anyone else's, of the past ages, the present, or the future of God should tarry. It's the same old faith. It can be leaned upon. Each of us alone should recognize that the Word of God is the revelation of the things of God which produce faith, And they cause us to trust God for what He has promised. In fact, Paul the Apostle, you remember, in 1 Corinthians one twenty one, says, For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Not through the preaching of foolishness, but through the foolishness of preaching, the message would be preached. We don't preach foolishness. God has taken the, the silliness of proclamation to save people. Could have had angels. Could have got a megaphone. Could have just... Bzz, bzz, bzz. But he chose to use instruments of men. That as the proclamation goes for the Holy Spirit makes alive that and touches the heart and changes the life. Paul told the Corinthians that if by wisdom they could come to conclusions that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, they would not have crucified him. You see, when those Romans were crucifying Jesus, by their intellectual mind, they could not conclude, well, he's the Son of God. We shouldn't crucify him. They couldn't do that. If they could, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's why Jesus asked Peter, he says, Who who do man say I am? And everybody's saying, well, John the Baptist, Elijah, this, that. He said, Who do you say I am? Thou are the Christ, Son of the Living God. Jesus says, Blessed thou are. Simon Bar-Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Flesh and blood has not revealed it, but my Father in heaven. It's a divine revelation. As when you open your heart to the gospel, you understood who Jesus was. Each of us are credentialed, if you will, by God to be who we are. Sons and daughters of God through what? Through faith, Even as John tells in John 1.12, But as many as received them, to them gave He the right to become the children of God and to those who believe in His name. And then in Romans 10.17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? Hearing by the Word of God. It is the work of God in us. It's not because we're so smart. It's not because we're so nice. It's not because we are so worthy. It's because God is good. And He alone does that work. And so Paul's apostleship was according to the faith of God's elect. He's writing to Titus. He's given the authority of his apostleship for that church which he has to oversee. Now, notice secondly that Paul's apostleship is according to the acknowledgement of the truth which is according to godliness. First of all, Paul's apostleship was according to a certain type of understanding, even as the faith that he's already touched on. The word acknowledgement, epinosis or epignosen, means full discernment. Precise and correct knowledge. If you're gonna learn facts, you want to know them precisely. You don't want to just get roundabout information. You want to make sure you have good mastery of what you're reading. You remember when you first started to read, you would read and read and you go, What the heck I read? Sometimes you get a book that's a little bit beyond you, you still do that. What the heck did I read? You want to be able to see the connection with the words and understand the full meaning of the sentence and, and comprehend and retain that which is on the page. This is the word. The word is used in the New Testament of the knowledge of things ethical and divine. It appears 20 times in the New Testament. Paul's understanding about his apostleship of Christ was thorough thorough. And complete. I've given you the scenario of Paul How he was saved How he skirted off How he went up to, for nine years up in Tarsus Then he came back to Antioch He thoroughly understood his apostleship He knew that he was called He knew that he was not inferior He knew that he was doing the will of God He knew he could do nothing else Because he understood his apostleship One of the greatest Failures in the church today is people don't understand their gifts and calling. So they're always saying, well, I don't know what God's will is. Well, I don't know what God's will is for you. That's your responsibility. And so majority of the church does absolutely nothing. They sit, they get fed, and we have to open the double doors because you can't get out. Because you never do spiritual exercise. You're not involved in ministry. You just get fed, fed, fed. And that's why many people do not understand completely what the Word of God says about their life. The Word is used for those who didn't want to retain God's knowledge. Or retain God in their knowledge of God. Therefore, God gave them over. To a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting in Romans 1.28. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, they, not, not just, that's why people don't want to hear the gospel. That's why people don't, don't want to be confronted. That's why people don't want to believe in God. They want to believe in evolution. You know why? Because if you can believe in evolution, then you, don't, you don't believe that you have to be accountable to anybody. You can do whatever you want. But if you believe there's a God, then you know you're accountable. And that doesn't make you feel comfortable. If you think you're just a product of chance, you're just an animal, then let's go for it. Who cares? I'm going to die and that's it. Then your philosophy for life is get all the go you can. And you're the one who you have to give accountability to. Nobody else. That's why evolution Is a religion of choice in our our United Nations here. The whole world. Hitler believed in evolution. He praised Darwin. He believed in the Excellency of Species. He believed that the Aryan race was the master race. Margaret Sanger was a friend of Hitler. She believed in the master race. The study of eugenics The shape of the head for the master race. The same things today. And the world view. Because the world view is no God. If there's no God, then a select few become God. And they set the rules. In fact, this very same word is used by Paul for the Ephesians as he prayed for them that God would give them the spirit of wisdom revelation in the knowledge of him, Christ. Full, complete knowledge. Now, notice, secondly, that Paul's apostleship was in full understanding of the truth. The word truth is Elysia. It's used subjectively as well as objectively in the scriptures. Subjectively, for that kind of mind which is free from Pretense. Simulation or falsehood or deceit. Objectively, for that which is true in any matter under consideration, the whole world wants you to interpret the world through subjective eyes. It's no longer just a national thing, it's a world thing. The educational system has been the breeding ground for this in the last 40 years. And so, the educational system has been teaching subjectively getting rid of all absolutes so that the children become brainwashed, they become indoctrinated, tolerant, don't make judgments. Situational ethics, value clarification, what's right for you may be not right for me. It all depends what I believe. And so all the boundaries are removed. All the black and whites are made gray. Listen, we've got the book. It tells us one world government's coming. One man's going to rule it. Everything's in play. You guys think Russia really fell? The Bible says that Russia's going to attack Israel. What is true in things pertaining to God... And the duties of man, moral and religious truth, objective in the scriptures. Very straightforward. The truth as taught in the Christian religion, respecting God and the execution of his purposes through Christ. And respecting the duties of a man, opposing the superstitions of the Gentiles and the inventions of the Jews and the corrupt opinions and perceptions of the false teachers, even of the Christians, so-called in Crete. And he deals with that in here. Objective truth. This is the way Paul is using the word. The word, in fact, is consistently used for the gospel message throughout 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus here, verse 1 and down in verse 14, chapter 1. He says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Absolute. It's like a bullseye. You've got to aim. You've got to hit. You can't just shotgun. You've got to aim for that bullseye. The word of God hits bullseyes. It gives bullseyes. He doesn't say, well, you know, there are many ways. I'm one of the truths. And there's a lot of ways to live life. Follow me. He said, I'm the way, truth, and life. <laughs> pretty pretty eye to me. Pretty straightforward. Not very subjective. It's real objective. And it's real narrow. Real precise. The two words appeared together in context of the gospel message in all the pastoral epistles 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus I notice thoroughly here that Paul's apostleship was understood due to the one who eliminates the gospel the Holy Spirit not human intellect or understanding it is the Holy Spirit that makes it alive in your heart and mind it turns on the light in July of 73 I was born again the light turned on I knew I was lost. I knew there was a God. I knew He was coming. And I knew I had to turn from my sin. The light turned on. It wasn't my intellect that did it. It was the hearing of the gospel and the Holy Spirit igniting it. Making it alive. He is called the Spirit of Truth in John 14, 17. He teaches and brings to mind the things of Jesus in John 14, 26. He dispenses the truth through the pillars and the ground of the truth which is the church. We saw that in 1 Timothy 3.15. God has used his body, his bride, the church to proclaim the message of the gospel. The word of God is called truth in John 17.17. Jesus is called the truth in John 14.6. Fourthly here, Paul's apostleship was sourced in the faith of the elect and comprehended in full knowledge of the gospel was supernatural, evident by, listen, transformation of life. Okay? It's real simple. If you say you're born again, you cannot be the same person you were before you were born again. (laughs) When I got hit on my bike, I wasn't the same as I was a second before. This vehicle hit me and my leg poked out this way, that way. And I was on the ground face first. I was different than I was just a second before. When you're born again, your life changes. You're not the same person. The word here, godliness, means piety or holiness of inner life that only God can see. Not merely outward formality. Godliness and good works are tied together through the epistle. in Titus one sixteen. like in 1 Timothy, godliness and works. If you're born again, your life will never be the same. Your life is going to change. And here, the quality is godliness. Now, innocence is not godliness. You may be innocent. You may be sexually pure, innocent. And if you haven't been tested, that's not purity. That's innocence. But when innocence is tested... And you don't give in. Now we're talking about purity. And if you're consistently committed to that purity, then you're godly. Your intent is to be faithful to God. And He sees your heart. He's not looking just at the outside as you pretend and as you let people think what you want them to think about you. That's reputation. Who you are inside It's talking about godliness This knowledge is not a religious quest Separate from a daily life But radically changing the whole of life and In fact In 2 Timothy 3.5 He says Having a form of godliness But denying the power And from such people turn away There's a contrast Between people who are born again And who are not People who are walking with God And those who are walking away from God This knowledge Is is made a reality by the power of the Holy Spirit, by being renewed in their mind. Even as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beg you by the mercy of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. And be not fashioned to this world system, but be transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good, acceptable in the perfect will of God. Your mind is changed. The way you see things. How you live. You cannot separate Your Christian life from your normal life. You do that in the world. You do not do it in Christ. Your Christianity, your commitment to God affects your home, affects your work, affects how you play, affects everything. You cannot separate your Christianity from normal life. Your life will reflect your Christianity. And if not, then you're only religious. And religion is just Man's way of living out with rules and regulations in an appearance to please God. When you're godly, God sees the inside. He understands you're sincere. He sees that you're not an actor. The God that we're talking about is the same, so therefore His word is the same. Doesn't change. The word of God will never change. You'll never have to worry about that. I have never heard God recall the Bible. For the next print, I've never heard any recall because there's an error in Romans or there's a page missing in Leviticus. It's always the same. You can count on it, you can depend your eternity on it. It's the same, it's reliable.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the reliability of the Word of God, and the walk of faith. And there's still much more to this study, so we invite you back for the continuation next time. But if you won't be able to join in, you can always pick up a copy of this message on CD. The title you want to ask for is Paul the Apostle. It's available for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend or loved one when you're through listening. Once again, the title to ask for is Paul the Apostle. Or simply mention today's date when writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Is it really possible to live a God-honoring life? That's our discussion on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.